If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. Uh, what do you do? That's a great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Hello, forum. Hello, hello, Dio and Gene. Um, this is the first episode. Well, technically, this is a yeah. I guess it's the first episode of cynicism, really. Yeah, it's episode two actually. And what we're gonna talk about is cynicism versus cynicism. So, lowercase cynicism is modern cynicism. Uppercase cynicism is um, philosophical cynicism. So, there's a difference. And it, we were just wondering, what's the best way of explaining cynicism to somebody without confusing people? So pretty much, I feel that if you talk about what something, explaining something by 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 showing what something isn't, it's easier because cynicism philosophically isn't necessarily about negativity and pessimism and all that stuff. It's actually quite the opposite. It's more optimism, optimism and realism, in a sense. So let's first define what cynicism in, is by the dictionary terms. Oh, by the way, we what is today's date? That's important for all our episodes. We're still starting, so September tenth, twenty twenty. September tenth, twenty twenty. And let's do a quote. This quote is by George Carlin: "A cynic is a dis disillusioned." Disillusioned idealist. What's your ideas on that, Dion? A cynic is a disillusioned I- idealist. Idealist. Yeah. It just sounds for me it, personally. It just sounds like um, somebody who got who was very idealistic, maybe naive in a sense. Some something traumatizing happened to them, and they kind of realized, oh no, the world isn't like this. That's well, that more like the modern definition, right? It seems kind yeah. of negative. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more in terms with the modern definition. All right? So let's also give the definition from the dictionary. So what is the definition of a cynic? Cynicism contemporary is an attitude characterized by a general distrust of others' motives. A cynic may have a general lack of faith or hope in the human species or people motivated by ambition, desire, greed, gratification, materialism, goals, and opinions that a cynic perceives as vain, all that. Pretty much it's like bad. By the way, the reason why it's important to bring this up as the first episode of cynicism is because there needs to be disambiguation because people need to know that there is a difference because a lot of people, they use it in an apocryphal way. So they use it and it's widely seen as being true, even though it's not. Because cynicism does not mean necessarily apathetic. Because, for example, Obama used the word cynicism. He said, voter cynicism. Which doesn't make sense, because even with the modern term, you know, that would equate it to voter distrust. Essentially, I and think that's what he was going for. I guess, I guess that's what he's going for. But I think when, the, when the, he was talking in his like little... 
his an interview with the, the journalist, he was talking about, it sounds more like political apathy, what he was trying to relate it to. So prove me wrong for him, but maybe that's from what I saw, my interpretation, because he was talking about why people don't vote to begin with. Sure, it could be a thing about distrust. Maybe they think, oh, these political parties don't represent me, so why should I vote, right? And I also think it could be because of apathy, political apathy. People just are apolitical. They're like, hmm, why should I vote? It's like, does it even matter? What do you think about that, Dio? Uh... If I agree with Obama, like in that in that sense of what he's trying to get across, or no, just about um, yeah, sure. In yeah, terms but, of voting, yeah. Do you think there's I a think, lot of political apathy at that time, or I mean, voter cynicism? The same, same now. I don't think it's big, yeah, big right. Difference. Uh, depends how you look at it, actually. But I think yeah, some people just feel like well, they're not going to do anything for me. So why why would I care? Some people think it just doesn't matter. And I think that that is something negative. But let's talk about modern cynicism, right? Because I think it's like some of the stuff is negative, but I think some of it is not totally unusable. And this is a theory I want to like uh, talk about more eventually. Like understanding your negative emotions can be beneficial in a way. Because if you're self-aware, you're more likely to take action upon it in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a concept of this, the Jungian shadow that, you know, some people, some psychiatrists talk about. So I think a little bit of the, do- a little dose of modern cynicism isn't necessarily bad if you understand yourself and you understand when to use it, right? Because there are, there are points where it's like some people are not cynical enough, not distrustful enough. Like if you go to a country, I'll give you an example. And then somebody's like kind of obviously luring you to a scam. Like sometimes maybe you should be a little cynical. And there are a lot of articles talking about praising cynicism, even the contemporary one, as being good. They related to Edward Snowden and stuff like that. But um, let's give an example. An example. When I was in China, that was it, four years ago, I was really cynical of this girl because she came out out of nowhere and i was where was i was it like beijing yeah i think it was in beijing i was just like out alone stuff at night and then some random girl goes up to me and she says hey foreigner it's like hey and she's like kind of being really like like i felt there was something there i felt some intuition like and distrust because i'm you can attribute that to my cynicism i guess i didn't have that much by the way before, I think I'm a little bit more contemporarily cyn- cynical now. But at the time, I was like, hmm, random girl who wants something from me. Because no one just goes up to you with so much intent. You know what I mean? No one. Like, they don't go up to you with that that energy unless they want something from you. They You know what I mean? So like, maybe I'm being too cynical, right? Maybe I'm being too harsh on her. So then I go, and I, find, I think I called you, by the way, when I turned, found out it was a scam. Oh, she, yeah, I remember. Yeah, because she led me to this bar, right? And she was, like, talking to me about random stuff. Like, ah, oh, I love USA, I love, because I told, no, I told her, told her I was from Kazakhstan for some reason. <laughs> like, because it was, I don't know why. She's like, yeah, I love Kazakhstan, they have horses and stuff. I have some Russian friends, you know, kind of the spiel to get you, like, hooked. Mm-hmm. So I go down there. To this bar, 
right? And it's like, not many people there. And so my uh, fight or flight response is kind of kicking in. I'm like, hmm, what is this, right? So I'm being even more cynical, distrustful. And it turns out, like, the drinks on the menu were like, and she was forcing me to buy a drink. She's like, okay, let's get, let's get a drink. Let's get a drink. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute. I don't even know if I want a drink. I don't know if I want to do anything. So just let me, like, leave me alone kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I, get, I felt the scammy vibes. And then it turned out it was um, all the drinks were like a thousand yuan, two thousand yuan, which is like a few hundred bucks. Because for some reason there was a menu there, and I was like, "What? I'm not gonna get a bottle for like two thousand yuan." And it's funny because I remember some big guys there, right? So it's like shit. Standing in the corner. Yeah, yeah, standing <laughs> in the corner. So it's like. <laughs> I think I gotta I gotta leave. So I pretended to call you, and I called you, right? I don't know if you answered. Maybe did you answer? Did. Yeah, you did. And I was like pretending to talk to you, and you probably thought it was weird, right? But then I walked out. I forgot. Maybe she did try to chase after me or something. Because <laughs> I, I and that's where where I draw the line with uh, modern cynicism. The by the way, they cap they don't capitalize cynicism, contemporary cynicism. They they it's little c, not big c, for that reason. Because it's not the philosophy we're talking about. But I, I was thinking, you know, looking back, I don't think that was wrong of me to be distrustful. No, she was definitely trying to rip you off. And even be, But even before I, even, I talked to her, I felt something when she just said hi. Well, I think that part is just like, I mean, people, street smarts is always kind of a good thing. I think it falls into that. Yeah. Part of street smarts is being cynical of your environment, the people around you and how they're the moves they're making, how they're interacting. So, yeah, some situations you just get a vibe that something's off. And that's another concept I want to talk about. That I think I already said it, but the Aristotle talked about the uh, the golden mean. Like, things in moderation and, and things in excess. You know, you have to have a moderation of, of, of many things. And psychiatrists always talk about cynicism, even modern cynicism. Well, it's always about modern cynicism. They're saying... It's bad for your health. It's bad for your your. It'll just you'll become a bad person. You just don't be cynical at all. And I don't really agree with that. <laughs> well, I mean, certain it can't be, certain things just don't make sense. No, nowhere. I mean, if you're just being real, girls just don't walk up to you and be like, "Hey, come drink with me." It doesn't make yeah, sense. exactly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you fall, and people have. Many people in China have fallen. That's a common thing. The tea thing. shops, right? It's a very common thing to happen. To get, you know, it's usually into bars. Mm-hmm. Usually bars or clubs will get you, draw you in, and then have you pay for some expensive item on the menu and then yeah, trap you into paying for it. It's funny because before um, I went to China, I already had, maybe I got paranoid because I listened to a bunch of these vlogs by Serpenza and Laowai86, I think, 86. Funny enough, so he talked about this kind of, all these scams. So I was like, hmm, maybe I wonder if it's true. I'd have to test it out for myself. But it planted a seed in my mind because a lot I've been. I think yeah, really that one time has been the only time I've ever been scammed. How about you? Have you ever been almost scammed, and the cynicism kicked in for you? Um, there I had a pretty. Well, I have been, <laughs> but. Generally speaking, just with people, day-to-day people. Uh, yeah, a, just any example you can, you know, I had a of. pretty strong BS detector. 
so it didn't affect me. It's just people. But do you think it's because you're cyn- cynical in a way, or is it because? Do you think I it has any effect on it? Your BS detector. I mean, BS detector is essentially synonymous with cynical, being right? Cynical. Yeah. So that's why I always hear that as being negative. But anyway, that's why it's important to have a compare and contrast because. But it's almost like the word, just the word to use that word makes it negative. But if you say BS detector, not negative. If you say street smarts, not negative. Those are all positive. Somehow that word got twisted. Well, you know, it got twisted because, you know, cynicism is a really old, you know, philosophy of ethics. You know, it's 2,000 years old. So somewhere along that line, something might have happened. And I want to explain about it in a, in a different episode because there was some satirist I, who talked I th- about cynicism as being negative. I think... I mean, just my ideas of from from what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's when it was taught. I mean, when you learn about Diogenes and kind of the the philosophy of cynicism that he started. Yeah, be a cynic. I mean, he's, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of seems like a terrible person in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it would get like when I hear about him just on the surface, I'm like. It just sounds like some homeless dude. Exactly. Don't be like that guy. It's very easy to say, don't be like that guy. Don't be a cynic. Well, I can tell you one thing, that there was a, you know, there was a shift in cynicism being applied to uh, political life in Rome, right? You know, th- a long time after the the Greeks. So I can tell you that there was somebody called Lucian, I forgot his name, Lucius, a uh, uh, satirist and a humorist, and he... He describes cynics as being hypocrites because, funny enough, because he didn't follow the teachings of Diogenes. So they became rich of cynicism, right? And he's talking about how, oh, you guys aren't really true cynics. You're not following Diogenes' teachings of uh, being free from possessions and materialism and power and glory. Because you look at you, you two are, are political, you know? And that was where I think people, that satirist, you know, he was very famous, so people started seeing cynics in that light. He's like, wait a minute, they do kind of seem hypocritical. And that's why there was a transition from cynicism to stoicism, which stoicism has many, I mean, it branched out from it, right? And we're going to talk about that later, but that's the reason why it's that way, because stoicism is applying cynicism, a lot of the teachings to political life, whereas cynicism paradoxically they became a political force in rome eventually but um originally diogenes didn't want that he didn't want people to be involved in politics and all that because you know it it goes against the teachings of self-sufficiency and autonomy and freedom and all that and by the way that's why it's a huge there's a huge difference between modern cynicism and ancient cynicism right modern ancient cynicism doesn't teach only about being distrustful, right? And all that stuff that people consider as being negative. I mean, couldn't you also say he was himself as being a hypocrite by, I mean, preaching self-sufficiency, but he's in the city, which kind of partially relying on the city. Yeah, in a sense, I can see why people think that, but he was doing it because he wanted to teach, he wanted to be in the action where he can convert other people to, to his um, teachings. That's why he was in the cynic in the in the city as a cynic, 
Because, you know, he wanted to free people from what he perceived as being not autonomous, not living with nature, not being all these things that the cynicism of the past taught. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess, I mean... And the best way of doing it is to be in the city. Much of a choice, but... Because if you wanted... Yeah, because he wanted to free... Funny enough, the old cynicism was about pretty much being utopian in a sense. But But at the same time, it's like the same people today who are like, screw this system. It doesn't work for me. And then stay in the system. You stay in the system. (laughs) It's like, then leave or shut up. (laughs) I guess in Diogenes' um, um, situation, he felt that if he left, he wouldn't have been converting people. You know what I mean? He, He was willing to make that hypocritical sacrifice. That's what I think. In order, you know what I mean? You gotta bend your rules in a way. Kind of be the trying to be the necessary evil in a way. The change, but the catalyst for change. Yes, the catalyst for change. But yeah, cynicism. They never. Yeah, I don't want to make this the history of cynicism because it's about the contrast. But yeah, there's a huge contrast. You know, that's why it's uh, important to know the difference first, because you know you're confusing them. Because you know what, old cynicism does have that element of the modern cynic, which is being distrustful. Mm-hmm. But it's applied to a different sense. It's it's um it's being applied to these artificial constructs that society puts in our minds, which is wealth, power, um, money. I, I, I already talk, well, I already talked about wealth, but yeah, all these artificial constructs that are not in accordance with nature, and our nature is to do all these other things. You know, to live. Uh, minimally, Minim- yeah, mi- being a minimalist, being self-sufficient, being autonomous, because all of that relate relates to political life. Usually, all these attributes like power, wealth, fame. So that's what he was teaching. But anyway, um, I think that's really important. the The disambiguation, which is something we want to talk about eventually, but um. Also, people talk about cynicism being related to nihilism, too. You ever heard about that? Nihilism? What's your idea about nihilism? I know this is about cynicism, but I want to do a compare and contrast because I think people, they like to think they know what it is, these philosophies, but they they don't. I mean, like, I they have a vague understanding and they the, think they know the it. Difference betw- uh, from my understanding, the difference is more nihilism is more of a an emotional thing. So nihilism as a philosophy is about is a reaction to re- the realization that there is no god to some people. So they said if there is if there is no god then there is no meaning. But just because there isn't any meaning doesn't mean that you can't make your own meaning. That's what I feel nihilism teaches. But then people conflate nihilism as well with oh you have no there's no meaning in life. Why don't you just go kill yourself then? You know what I mean? Do you, do you get what I'm... That's why I'm, I'm comparing it to, like, cynicism as well because people, they have a vague understanding of it. Whereas the, the, the translation, it's, like, lost in translation. These old... By the way, nihilism is a product of Dajanu's teaching as well. He was inspired by him. Well, I, I kind of get the idea that, again, any philosophy taking at its like purest form is a bit of extremism yeah pretty much yeah 
Exactly. And that's why it's important that people know about it and they they kind of can... That's why cynicism pretty much adapted because of these extremes. But that's why it's also why people... And it's like fair to call people out. Like if it's like a nihilist, then why don't you just kill yourself? <laughs> it's fair. But it's why like, don't you just kill yourself? <laughs> I'm going to do that to every nihilist I see. It's hey, why don't you just kill yourself? Because if you say something like so strongly, if you speak about a philosophy mm-hmm. so strongly and you don't follow it through, it's like you're try- trying to be almost, again, like the catalyst. Like you're trying to like mm-hmm. preach this, but you're not living it. You so want to like practice what you preach. It's very easy to call those people hypocrites. But very easy. but cynicism is different because it's not really a teaching. It's a code. It's a philosophy of ethics. It's a code of conduct. You know what I mean? There's no teaching. There is no school. You just have to live. What you do is, in cynicism, you have to um, train rigorously, mentally and physically, so you can attain a flourishing life. It's kind of vague, right? And there's obviously most cynics tend to become homeless and stuff like that. A lot of them ended up becoming homeless. A lot of, There was a lot of cynics that were bribed, and they said no, because that's, doesn't, that's not in accordance with my, my nature as a human being. Stuff like that. So th- most cynics tend to be very consistent from what I've seen in, in the historical documents I've seen. In Rome, in Greece, there's a lot of stories. But um, that's why it's... Because cynicism puts an emphasis on act actions, not on philosophy, on speculation. Do you know what I mean? Th- they put an em- emphasis on your actions speak louder than your words. Yes, exactly. So it's like it's not a. Philo- there's always holes. There's always holes. Yeah, exactly. That mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay, so I want to tease the next episode now because I think we've given a good kind of um i guess like a sneak peek of what we want to talk about the episode is really the history of cynicism i think the third episode because i think we're going to keep this episode short just because we don't want to overcomplicate it and stuff like that Mm -hmm. or no there is um we want to keep it simple because we said all we had we've had to say about really that difference between the modern cynicism and the old cynicism, why it's important to be able to distinguish between them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Any other um, thoughts? I mean, I can say more, but I don't know if we want to go too deep into what this is supposed to mean, at least what it means for me. Yeah, let's talk to you about what you think it means to you. I it, just I think that would be interesting because for me, I thought it was... About freedom and autonomy, not necessarily from the system, but... I mean, just the ideas and why it's important and how you should adapt them. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, give give a little sneak peek, because the reason why I don't want to talk about it, because the, the, yeah. in episode three, that's pretty much the, the history of Stoicism, because the Stoics, the original Stoic, Zeno, was a cynic, but he didn't like... The shamelessness part of the that uh, the extremes of that ideology, mm-hmm. right? So he wanted to adapt, adapt it and modify it, and it's been modified and adapted because of many reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so just give an opinion about, I guess, what do you, some of the ideas? What do you like about it? Generally speaking, I modern versus like classical, being a classical cynic, both are are important and should be integrated into your life. You should find ways. I shouldn't say if it, if it works for you, if it makes sense to you, 
if you like kind of resonate with it. But I think yeah, I can. It's a, there's some universal. There is yeah of principles, course, freedom, you, you autonomy. Have to be at a certain point, or like, how do you function? Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just like, I guess the perspective you should take with it is to look at it as not an absolute, but something that is important and something that you should always keep in mind uh, for yourself and your own personal philosophy. Exactly. And that's not the only thing. It's not the end all be all, but it's a, an important piece. That's the golden virtue that Aristotle, Aristotle talks about. And that's why we want to put a lot of importance to it because it's like, yeah, it's funny because we call ourselves the wine jar cynics, right? But at the same time, we were like wine jar, Cynic slash stoic slash other stuff. Yeah, and it's but I think at it's the core dichotomy, the balance. I don't think the balance is a dichotomy. It's like a, it could be a lot of things. It's a spectrum. Yeah, you know, adjust it when it's necessary. Yes, it should be flexible, like yeah. water. And that's funny enough. We wouldn't talk about uh, Bruce Lee's philosophy. Yeah, adapt adap- adaptation, and that's why I think stoicism was a lot more. The revival of it was stronger. Because you, I mean, with cynicism, it's a lot. It's a very extreme philosophy. You have to train very rigorously, rigorously. Uh-huh. That's the whole teachings. You have to train your body, train your mind. Pretty much live in poverty. Pretty much uh, be shameless. Those are the some of the aspects we don't necessarily agree with. Obviously, because we live in civilization, that's why stoicism is more applicable. But there's a certain thing about stoicism that is missing certain aspects so for me at least that cynicism puts more emphasis on i think which is i think the distrust i think i'm a distrustful person in general for a reason right especially with everything going on right now with everything with the tech tyrants the infringement of people's rights especially uh, with in terms of text and data data brokers and all that which is something we want to talk about but um the history that's why they call them dogs by the way you know they call yeah and cynic means dog for that reason because they want to be watchdogs mm-hmm. watchdogs of their there's a more that's why the, that's they're more intense for a reason i think i think stoicism is less intent less extremist that's why people are more casual stoic people it's it takes an extreme person to be a a, a real sto- cynic Yes. Yes. And it's like at the same time you need you need to be flexible. You yeah. need to be consistent and flexible at the same time. It's kind of weird. Uh pragmatic. Yes. This, yeah, that's the philosophy of pragmatism. Yeah. yeah. Being pragmatic. To where in the case like if you're if you believe in things like street smarts I don't think anyone would deny that. Yeah, I don't thing. think anyone would. That's why I think it's weird how they use it so apocryphically and they they talk about cynicism being bad. I get it from a psychological viewpoint because it's like you don't want when you become too modern, cyn- modernly cynical, it can lead to health effects. And there's studies about that. We're not. You can just look it up on on Google if you don't believe us. Green to salt, right? You guys are cynics, right? Distrust us if you don't agree with it. Maybe You'd look it up for yourself. But um, yeah, I can see why they say it, but doesn't mean it's. I think they have a vague understanding because, yeah, like I said, this is a 2,000-year-old philosophy that is adapted and changed and modified and branched out into a different philosophy that's more popular for that reason. Mm-hmm. That's why the history is important because if you to understand 
stoicism and cynicism. The reason why and it, how it relates to history and politics because it's very political in nature too. It almost needs like a rebranding. It needs a rebranding, yeah. But it's it's Be- like is there a all-encompassing rebranding? I'm not sure. Cuz like Street Smarts works, but there should be something like Media Smarts that there doesn't really exist something like that. You know? Well, I remember some people were talking about media, f- uh, media files and all that, and that you. Oh yeah, yeah. It, essentially that. Yeah, kind of not being a media file. So like take it with a grain of salt. Be a little distrustful. You know. I think even be a little distrustful is us too. I think a, po- a positive media files is like <laughs> what was it? It sounds so like you almost don't want to use that word. In a way, it sounds as negative. You make it street smarts is a positive thing. Oh no no! I was I was comparing two different things. Street smarts, yeah, rebranding it as cynical, yeah, just it's like it's grains, of, grains of salt, grains of salt. Grain, yeah, take different things. con, different contexts. You know, there's a spectrum, right? It has there's a spectrum of cynicism take of any ideology. Of salt. I was talking about how cynicism can relate the 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 good and the bad, or mostly the bad, I guess, in this case. Which, by the way, is included in the old cynicism. Being distrustful is not bad, especially with with people lying in the media on both sides. You know what I mean? That's why I wanted to... Um, I mean, I just see that as now probably the biggest like forum where people are inundated, where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of more of a cynic. In general, like, but interactions with people... If I'm going to colloquially put it, I would say street smarts. But yeah. And then dated with like media and stuff, I, think I would say that'd media be, smarts. That'd be cool if we could rebrand it and change it. That'd be a, a cool goal. Maybe we could try that with people who listen to this podcast a lot. I, I'm, I was just kind of spitballing. But I think it's not a bad thing to rebrand it. But um, um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. This is truly our first... <laughs> This is truly the first cynical podcast. That's the thing, too. You know, think about or cynicism. Because I can't really think of many people who they name themselves cynics, but they usually are using the negative term on YouTube and stuff like that. There's cynic historian. There's pyrocynical. You know pyrocynical? There's a lot. He does really good. Um, oh, it's a creator? Creator on YouTube, yeah. So they're using the modern term. So branding it would be very hard. That's what I'm thinking. That's why, like I said, street smarts. Yeah, being distrustful in a good way. That's that's why balance is important. Moderation. I don't know where that came from, but it came out of somewhere. I'm just saying it's like, I'm just, it's just. An idea. Hitting my head because like, it's easier to kind of introduce something new that's old rather than like bring back something old that already has this stigma to it. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, it can be done, but like, I think the you want to reach people. Not, oh, on that, but sorry, if you want to reach people, new people, and reach the people who maybe need it most, they need it to almost be new. We yeah, but because you're dealing with that uh, protective. What is it? Protective identity cognition. Protective identity cognition. It's really hard to get over that. Explain to people who what that what that is. It's essentially some cultural cognition the, or like the backlash backlash effect, right? Yeah, you're at your core beliefs. Something are being challenged. Are being challenged, so you like cannot 
I guess you can't believe an opposing viewpoint because what you believe is so close to your core. So uh, you're just yeah, it's part of a, your your identity. Yeah. So if like, hey, be cynical is like at your core, like that's no, such I'm a negative a, I'm thing. A, I'm a good person. I'm I can't a, be yeah, cynical. Per- it's like, how do you separate that from people? And they're the type of people who need it the most, I believe. Those types of people. And everyone has that, but... Like I said, it's uh, that's why, yeah, they're... I don't really care much about rebranding modern cynicism, right? But I mean, for, for the our cynicism, the old ways, the teaching that Diogenes, yeah, I think there should be a rebranding, a re-emergence. But there is stoicism, I mean, but there, it's there is stoicism, but I think that the distrust element should be applied a little bit more because stoicism kind of glosses over it a little bit compared to cyn- the old cynics. And I think it's important with our climate to be a little bit more of a cynic in the old sense, an idealist and a, a realist and a bit of a pessimist yeah. all mixed together, a good, healthy balance. So we, we make the distinction. It's very important. That's why we're making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, we're not maintaining I, the distinction. Well, we'll have followers one day. <laughs> we'll have followers. They'll, they'll have us, they'll have a cloak and a staff. And they'll go out and be autonomous. And, and then, live, and then live you'll it. know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you see a, a somebody with a cloak and a staff, and they're talking about Diogenes and Dio and Jean, and all these um, ideas of autonomy, freedom, and distru- distrust, and living with nature and logic, then, yeah, hopefully it's... Then we'll know. But anything worth preserving is hard. Yes. And it, it books are, are are worth preserving in their heart. You don't. I mean, ask Joe, right, from that one show. You? Oh. <laughs> he, he can tell you a lot about that, right? He could. He, he could. could? He could. Yeah, I'll bite. But anyway, yeah, and there's another element of cynicism that isn't in um, stoicism that I want to talk about. I know this isn't about a distinction between stoicism and, cynic- and cynicism, but... I th- I'm just going to talk about it because I think it's another aspect that's overlooked is satire and comedy. Because that's what, what Diogenes did, right? He would go to um, Plato, right? And just call him out, right? Because call him out. Or other philosophers too. Like, are you practicing what you're preaching? He's like a dog, right? He would bark at people who don't... Not that they bark as in like... Well, he actually barked for real. Like literally barked at people. But he also hounded on their hypocrisy and inconsistencies. Like, for example, with Plato, right? He kind of called out, remember that story where he's like, Plato said that a human is a featherless, bipedal creature, right? So then Diogenes came in with a chicken, and he's like, Behold, Plato's man. And all the students laughed. Because, like, yeah, it's like, like you said, the logical part. The logical part and... Yeah, a chicken is is a bipedal featherless creature. Does that mean it's a human? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of something simple, and you should hound people on it. Just kind of like how people should hound on anything, on any idea. And that's what the shameless part, like, I guess you can adapt it because maybe some people think it's shameless to, like, call people out in public on some of the stuff that they're inconsistent about. Mm-hmm. That's the shameless part. I think you can adapt and modify it. So I don't think it's totally like t- can be t- has to be taken out making jokes of things 
satire because you know comedy i think is is being attacked right now i think people take things too seriously and they take it at face value rather than you know what i mean where, where it should just be seen as a joke sure it's untasteful but do you agree with that i mean i'm just I have the question now was it kind of it seems like it was like pushing for again this absolute who diogenes yeah well, like I said, he was an extreme person in a, in a time with people with uh, extreme views of the world. These philosophers like Plato and stuff, they were very, very set in their ways. So I, mean, I, I, mean, think, yeah. it's a, I think it's a reaction to wanting to call I mean, someone out under... Yeah, that was more scientific, so it's like... Yeah, sci- it's sci- kind of wrong, the definition Exactly, wrong. <laughs> it's scientific, right? So if it's unscientific... I mean, I'm not saying that Dodgins was a scientist, but... He's. I mean, this there. It's a precursor to a lot of ideas that we have now. Nietzsche was, you know, Friedrich Nietzsche was uh, really heavily inspired by Diogenes, right? And he, so, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like some things need to be called out, maybe even fun, made fun of, actually. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, so that's why I'm talking about relating it to satire and comedy, and I think Stoicism doesn't really put an emphasis on that as much. I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Any other objections? You want to hear objections? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I would that's ju- the whole point of the show, right? Just that idea. Okay, this is where I think it could get taken out from the lane that it should be in. If it's like for like a scientific approach where you're like, hey, this is Plato's human, I get it. But once you... Because there's no real, it's really hard to find absolutes. So if you're always looking for the holes and things that are generally speaking, I mean, that's the pursuit to make things better. There should be that goal, but the pursuit should not be perfection. The pursuit should, in my opinion, the pursuit should be close to perfection, if that makes sense. I think I know what you mean. But like I said, he was a very extreme person who lived an extreme lifestyle. That's why a lot of the cynics from later, like you know, they're not so notable because they, they just li- they were pretty much essentially homeless people, who were very outspoken. <laughs> he was kind of <laughs> they took on that part. Well, no, a lot of them still had believed in Diogenes' teachings, but they were a little bit nerfed compared to him. Any other objections? No, I'm just saying like ninety percent is solid. But I do agree with that though. When you said because funny enough, I think Andy t- talked about that too. Just because something is intuitive doesn't mean it's it's the truth, right? There are many things that are intuitive, but doesn't mean it's, it's truthful, right? Yeah, and like certain. It just so happened he was right. I guess I'm saying certain systems, systems, science stuff. It's like fair. It's right or wrong, essentially. Well, Professor X can talk about the scientific method more in depth. We're going to have him on eventually. But yeah, no, but science is is the pursuit of truth and they have a hierarchy of evidence, you know, that uses logic, that uses experimentation, that uses testing and theories. Yeah, there's this system in place. But yeah, cynicism is not really meant for that. But it definitely birthed into a lot of... I feel like it has its lane. Exactly, it has its lane push it into yeah yeah of necessarily course necessarily in every aspect that's why it's important the gold the golden virtue the golden mean 
you know, there's a spectrum. Use it yes. when it's contextually correct. Yeah, that was the only point I wanted to add. Exactly. And that's something we want to talk about, too, the pragmatist uh, aspect of it. Because, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh, what about this? Always like, but, okay, but God, I get it. But I do think the logic part and cynicism is, in a sense, absolute. I think you should try to question people, especially even scientists, on their logic. Yeah. Um, so if, especially if this um, scientist has a motive, maybe to... Per- or uh, not a scientist, or maybe a pseudoscientist who wants to um, promote stuff that isn't scientific, but you're using logic and it's not based on your scientific understanding. It's not intuitively, you don't intuitively agree with it. Maybe there's something there to challenge them. But I think you should always challenge people regardless, though, just, just so you can exchange information and learn. So I think in a sense that that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, like you said, it's got to be in its lane sometimes. Everything should be in its lane when it's, that's the golden means. Stay in your lane when it makes sense. Yes, And I guess you, oh, okay, okay, this is what I'll say. But people used to, back then, used to really think in universals, the Greek thinkers. They really thought about, how does it relate to everything? Yes, I think, okay, there's there's all these pillars. I guess I would say my feeling I mean, I'm kind of still collecting and putting things into perspective for my, myself, but my feeling is being a cynic or cynicism in the traditional sense is not the core pillar. It's an important one, but not the core one. Well, like it's just like uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee's philosophies, right? It's like the philosophy of flowing like water. It's dependent on different people, right? Water is not always in a certain state. It might be steam. It might be ice. It might be um, flowing. It might be, you know, um, like a powerful tide. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's It depends on your flow. You know what I mean? For your flow, maybe that it, cynicism for you might be a little bit different. It depends on your life, right? Well, certain, like, because there's always going to be a, con- a conflict. You're, yeah, exactly. Like what conflict? Um, moral conflicts, such as such as when it comes to like social issues, for example. I mean, you can question things both ways. Are you saying too much questioning can be bad too? Because then you're you're questioning things that like having some trust as well. Work having some trust is good too. Well, if the if a system is like based, okay, you can talk about like constitutionalism. Then the system is based on the freedoms that people have. A cynic can very well question that system as a whole, and like, okay, what's mm-hmm. the point to question that if like that's the core that's believed where things should be built off of the individual freedom. Well, I guess the only way to use cynicism in this aspect in the traditional sense is that when questioning the how it's how it's applied selectively back then, for example, all men are endowed by the creators to be free, right? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, it wasn't. I guess black people weren't free at that time, right? And it was just yes, but that's just the application, but. On paper, it's there. It just wasn't being followed. Mm-hmm. That's why, like I said, yeah, there's a spectrum. There's a context. But I think, yeah, 
a lot of the things it teaches, at least for me, it's it's definitely a core in my repertoire of philosophies. It's definitely one of them. I, I don't know if it's the main one, right? Because I'm I, I, like I'm my background is um, in linguistics, but it's also and language learning and all that. But I also studied some science, the history of science, um, biology, physics, chemistry, and I'm more of a pragmatic person. I, I believe in experimentation. So that pragmatism philosophy kind of fills in the other pillars I'm, and the yeah, stoicism. I'm very big on pragmatism myself. Very big. It's crazy how we end up talking about these things. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, like, it's just a, a sneak peek anyway. But I think, but we're called wine jar cynics in a, for a reason, though. We're going to be talking mostly about the ideas we um, we believe in with this philosophy. Yes, I think it's just it needs to be highlighted, especially today. Yeah, exactly. So let's go to outro, all right? Because we got we have usually the sweet spot is like forty five minutes. But until next episode, episode three, we talk more a little bit about the history and then kind of address those things, right? Like, there's a reason why it changed, right? Because you were talking about absolutism, extremism, and all that, and mm-hmm. it did. And for that reason, it changed. So we'll we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about Zeno actually in the next episode. Okay. See. See. Okay. Outro. is back in Parabellum.